Hey friends, welcome to a brand new pop-up episode of How to Wow. Today with Sporty Spice herself, Melanie C. Mel rose to fame in 1996 with the Spice Girls, releasing in just two years two consecutive number one albums, eight number one singles, the biggest selling debut single of all time and the biggest selling album in music history by a girl group. Mel has gone on to have a super successful solo career and holds the record for the most UK number ones written by a female artist in charge history check them out all nine of them her brand new memoir who i am after years of wondering who am i documents her journey towards becoming one of the world's most recognizable pop stars including playing at wembley conquering the brits and closing the olympics in 2012 my pop-up conversation with her on the way but first Every morning, Tash, my wife, and I go scoop da loop with one heap scoopful of this all-round nutritional insurance, which is made up of no less than 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food-sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood, scientifically researched and blended together to support and improve energy, recovery, immunity, and digestion. Deep seaweed green, like nature itself. This eye candy concoction takes just a few seconds, like no more than five or six okay ten tops to prepare and taste absolutely gorgeous and so here's how you can get yours simply visit athleticgreens.com slash how to wow and join health experts athletes and health conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to their health every day again simply visit athleticgreens.com slash how to wow okay and don't forget slash how to wow because this will entitle you to the special deal athletic greens have given how to wow listeners a free year's supply of vitamin d and five travel free packs today to take with you on the go once again athletic greens.com slash don't forget how to wow okay it's time to cue 20 minutes of absolute gold in the company of the marvelous melanie c hello melanie good morning um welcome and well done this book is awesome thank you so much i've heard you're talking about it and i feel a bit overwhelmed well i know you've been doing many interviews about it and i've I've listened uh, to some of them and i've watched some of them and it's called who i am my story because for a long time as we all do you wondered who am i Mm, so absolutely. You, you're figuring it out, you figured it out. You Do you know what I think it's always a work in progress, isn't it? I've figured some stuff out. There's still a little bit to go. I don't think we ever get there, do we? No, but I get a mention. <laughs> or two. Uh, right. Let's just get that out of the way, shall we? Immediately. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's it's quite an important part of the story. And you know, a lot has changed. And I think, you know, obviously you have redeemed yourself <laughs> in the eyes of the Spice Girls. But, um, you know, I completely understand your initial reaction when five girls came in, as we did. Singing a cappella down the corridor <laughs> in the TF5 Friday offices. And um, we, we were just, we were a different show then. But of course, in the end, you did end up coming on. on yeah, TF5 we did. Friday. I mean, we had a special, didn't yeah, we? Know, About a year it. later, after you, you told not? us to. Uh, get lost <laughs> no well, i didn't did i what the no, exact didn't. words were uh, try live and kicking or something which I think you... it was i think it was get back to live See, and kicking. i think it was sound career advice <laughs> that's, that's how i'm going to reframe it i'm not going to get away well, with you it you know though. the spice girls changed a lot 
So, you know, and you, you like I said, <laughs> you you made your apologies. You've been very supportive ever since. Yeah, okay. So, you know, we, we all make mistakes, don't we, Chris? Yeah, well, that's, like Fasa <laughs> says, right up there with the internet, because I, I didn't really get the internet for a while. I thought, this isn't going to last. <laughs> so it's Spice Girls, internet, and then the odd, the odd share issue. Share it's price. actually amazing how much success you've had, isn't it? The unbelievable. <laughs> what the heck is going on there? Do you and Emma really photobomb um, other people in karaoke booths? <laughs> We have been known to in the past. It's been a little while, but we did go through a phase. And you song bomb them, so you'll join in with Spice Girls songs for people yeah. who are just on a spontaneous night out. I think that's how it started. It was my birthday, and I was single at the time, so it was an all-female affair. Had mm. all my girlfriends out, my sister came down, and we had a bit of a boozy dinner, and then we went to Lucky Voice. And I think someone in another booth was doing a Spice Girls song, right. so we decided it'd be rude not to join in. <laughs> and then it just became a thing. <laughs> I bet they couldn't believe it. Does your mum ever karaoke with you? Because she still sings, doesn't she? That is something we haven't oh, done together. Oh, come on. You've got to do. I know, right? Mum and, yeah, mum and Minnie Mel karaoke. Mm-hmm. How, how good is your mum? singing she's oh she's amazing i mean she sang since she was 14 and she's gone through so many genres she started doing folk she ended up doing quite a lot of rock and soul and yeah she's a great inspiration to me there's no way you don't go in your book it's very vulnerable you know but you quite rightly now see vulnerability as a superpower don't you 100 percent. and you know i've kind of shied away from having a memoir for many many years and i didn't feel strong enough to do it and then i met a publisher who said you know the book can be what you want it to be because I didn't want it to be like tabloid fodder, which is kind of unavoidable. But I just felt some of the pain I have experienced in my life, which sadly a lot of other people do too, I want to I want to try and make something positive from that. So I wanted it to be, you know, more helpful. I want it to be entertaining. Yeah. And there's loads of fun anecdotes and stories and behind the no, scenes. It's really funny. and it's But it's, it's, it's everything. This book has got every emotion in it. So congratulations. Oh, thank you. Well, that was my intention. So it means a lot to hear you say that. Let's, let's, talk, about, um, let's talk about your obsession with fitness uh, and food for a, for a while. Uh, you know, and it, got very, it became very serious. What was, what was a mad day at the gym like for you when you were, just, when you were gym crazy? I mean, how, how much are we talking about? I would uh, probably, I, I'd, I'd run like a demon on the treadmill like most days if not like six seven days a week right. and you know following that I would then be in the gym doing weights and abs and I, I'd spend like if I had the time I would spend about two and a half hours in the gym right um and that's just the gym yeah there's other stuff going on as well yeah and, and the schedule yeah I know you, you talk about balance you know and life of course it's about balance but it takes a lifetime to live a lifetime and oh I think just as you've nailed it, probably that's it. You go, I've got it. Oh, it's over. Uh, I think that's, that may, may be what happens. Yeah. But you talk about balance now. And you, what, what's, a, what's a good day at the gym like now for you then? Um, well, I just like to keep things changing. You know, I love to do strength work. And right. I think, you know, we're all learning it's so good for us, especially females of a certain age. Yeah. You know, that bone density yeah. definitely benefits from lifting some heavy weights. And then a little bit of cardio, getting out fresh air. Yeah. You know, love being on my bike. You talk about as you know as you as you mature things do start to hurt uh, a bit more um i feel exactly the same you know sh- shoulders for me i'll tell you when i'm stiffest it's not after a run or after a workout or after a, a sleep it's after a long drive or even like an hour in the car to, i can barely get out of the car oh, it's killer isn't it yeah, yeah that's what does me my lower back that does me but yeah waking up in the morning i mean 
mean, you know, hats off to you guys every morning getting up. I'm pretty slow these days. Yeah, okay. Uh, right, where do you want to go next, Rachel? Where do you want to go? I loved reading about uh, when you discovered your love of singing. So you said you loved the performance, the dance, the gymnastics. And then when you, you were at your performance school, you had to, to sing a, a song from a musical. Mm-hmm. And you described it as the difference between when you danced on stage, you felt an internal connection with yourself. But when you sang and the audience suddenly all sat up, you felt a direct connection with them. Yeah. And it's been interesting as my career has progressed. I've began to understand that connection is such an important part of what I do. Because I think as a performer, sometimes you can feel like it's quite a selfish thing to do when you're doing it for yourself. Because of course I get so much pleasure, so much joy from it. But actually, and I think a lot since the pandemic as well, when we lost that connection, just getting back in front of an audience. And I love to be able to see them, see the whites of their eyes, you know, and really make that connection. And you've basically got your mum to thank for your Brian Adams duet. I do. She's a huge fan. Yeah. We're getting lots of questions about Brian Adams, by the way. Oh, lovely Brian. I adore him. So we re-recorded When You Gone this year. He's re-recording all of his big hits. And we did like a really fun video um, up in Widness, where I grew up, just down the road yeah. from you, Chris. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I adore him. I have so much to thank Brian for. Okay, it's amazing to hear Melanie on the show this morning. Says, Joe and Sonny Marlowe, please could you ask it? There'll be another track, a different track with Brian in the works at any point in the future. Oh, well, I sang with him recently on stage and we did, um, is it called, I, I'm going to get the, the title of the song wrong, um, Too Good To Be True? Yeah, da, na, da, na, da, na, da, no, no, no. It's, um, can't take my eyes off you. Can't, can't take my eyes off you. Yeah. I knew I'd get the title wrong. That's, that's a very northern thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. Can't take my eyes off you, you know, that one. Um, yes, we did that. Um, so, you know, maybe we will do something else. I, I mean, Brian and I have, you know, such a strong friendship and connection. I'm sure there'll be more to come. I loved hearing about how you made Virgin sweat before signing your contract. (laughs) (laughs) I know, that was such a fun time. Um, Yeah, I mean, we were going round all the labels and there was a lot of interest in us and we got it down to two, Virgin Records and London Records. And we always knew we were going to go with Virgin. That was definitely top of our list, but we wanted to keep them guessing. So, yeah, we we sent... um, Dolls, blow-up dolls of the Spice Girls down to Kensal Rise. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Because it wasn't um, uh, Simon Fuller, um, Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell. Wasn't he in charge of London A&R at the time? No, he was at, was he at BMG? Oh, yeah. He, he wasn't was at BMG. London then, That's but right, we, yeah, we yeah. did have a little run-in with him. And he, um, like yourself, Chris, um, <laughs> um, didn't see any potential in a little band called the Spice Girls. I, no, I didn't say that. I just said it, was, it wasn't TFI. You're in the wrong place. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, no, because we always used to get the two mixed up, the two Simons, because for a while I just thought that I just follow it, you know, because they were quite similarly, very similar age. Yeah. Uh, from a, um, a record company and record business point of view, had a very similar kind of uh, lane that they were swimming in. Yeah, there. and they worked together on the Idols, didn't they? They the did, The Idol they? shows, yeah. yeah, yeah. And th- there is a similarity between them, but they they're quite different in their personality, but they look similar. You talk about auditioning for the Spice Girls, uh, for people who don't know that. Could you just give us the headlines from that story. Auditioning for the Spice Girls. Well, I'd been to Performing Arts College and was auditioning for lots of different things, but my ultimate dream was to work in the music industry. And I was at a dance studio in London, just off Oxford Street, opposite Selfridges, and somebody handed me a flyer. 
for a girl band. Imagine that, had you not been there that moment I on know, that day? I know, and I can, you know, I don't know if everyone else does this, I'm sure they do, but you know when you have, because my memory's terrible, but I just have these like visual snapshots of moments, which was really helpful in the book. And I wanted to try and describe a lot as well, you know, so people could feel like they were there. Um, and this is one of those moments, I looked to my friend and I went, that's it, that's what I'm gonna do. And I went on to do it. Because it was all about dance for you for a long time, wasn't it? Ballet as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I really love the discipline of yeah. ballet. And I'm, you know, I'm really grateful that I had that in my life. I studied ballet till I was 19. So, um, yeah, it stood me in good stead for everything in the future. You talk about therapy. Um, uh, what kind of therapy? Not, not, not the subject of the therapy. What kind of therapy did you find work for you best? You know what? I think rather than the therapy, I think it's a therapist. Right. You know, it's finding that person, and which is so difficult because I know, obviously, the with the NHS, it's really difficult. You know, they're so stretched. But, it, you know, if you do have the opportunity to... If one person doesn't work for you, there are other people. Because I've had other therapists in in the past that you know we've done some work together it's been okay but now and for about the last 10 years I've worked with someone who's just brilliant so it's again it's connection you know people you talk about uh, worrying uh, be, being a worrier and also being a warrior uh -huh. uh, I love that you know uh, you can worry and you can be a warrior um, uh, and basically you know not you can be but that's what we all are in the end isn't it at our lowest ebb and our, 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 on our best days absolutely and I think the biggest thing I've learned through writing this book is we are all so capable of so much and we never really give ourselves the credit yeah. you know there, there's been times in my life where getting out of bed has been a huge achievement and I have to acknowledge that and then other times I've stepped on stage at Wembley Stadium do you know what I mean and it's like people see these big glitzy things and think wow you're amazing for doing that and I think well that was actually easier than getting out of bed yeah. 15 years ago so yeah I think it's important okay you talk about sometimes going to bed and thinking I don't think I'd mind that much if I didn't wake up tomorrow morning yeah um Oh, I mean, that's kind of the, the lowest ebb and, and really hard to revisit those times and to think that I was in that headspace. But again, you know, sadly, I think lots of people, life, the pressure of life can just get too much and you just wonder if not being around would be an easier option. Yeah, it never went further than that, did it, though? You, your thoughts never no. went to, to the most sinister and darkest place? No, absolutely not. I mean, that that, that was as dark as it got, and I, I feel very grateful. And, you know, in the depths of depression, I did feel like that... It's so weird talking about this with who do you think you are as the soundbed. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, it, in, in the depths of depression, in the darkest times, the most worrying thing is when you feel like the spark has actually gone out. Um, and that has happened, but, um, you know, luckily there was just a flicker and I just held on it to enough. that. Enough. Yeah. That was enough. Um, I'm going to bring the music back in and talk about the 1996 Brit Awards because I didn't know you were there. <laughs> and you were there, <laughs> of weren't course, you? Of course, because no one knew who we were, really. I think maybe a few record execs. And yeah, yeah. we bumped into Take That that night for the first time, yeah. which was quite momentous for us. We'd really looked up to them. And, that was the um, last time they were playing, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Robbie had already gone, yeah. so it was the four boys. And, yeah, Jason Orange went, there's those spicy girls. And um, we were honoured because, yeah, we hadn't released anything 
think we were signed to Virgin, but yeah, nobody knew that. You know, the wider public didn't know who we were, so we had quite a fun night. Yeah, and you tell a story about that because you—that was the first time you realised um, it's like Spider-Man, isn't it? You know, with great power comes great responsibility. You didn't have it as a Spice Girl yet then, but you knew it was on the way. Uh, but you, the team who, who were around you were saying you. You really can't do what you did tonight. <laughs> and go, it's good that it happened now, maybe. But yeah. if, fast forward a year's time, that's not an option. Do you want to speak to that for a second? Yeah, well, you know, we were invited to the awards and we made the most of it. You know, it was the 90s. It was a lot of fun, right? There it was, was a, and that year was a cracking year. That well. was yes, it certainly was. We were sitting with Lenny Kravitz and he was with Vanessa Paradis at the time. And, you know, this was our first time out you know doing anything yeah. of this level so we were having you know a few glasses of champagne we had a bit of fun we might have got a little bit tipsy and on the way out I got a little bit fed up with Victoria and told her where to go and um, yeah the next day I was in quite a lot of trouble for that yeah you were in front of the headmaster weren't you? <laughs> yeah I didn't realize that there were First of all, I didn't realise that the, the sort of the genesis of the Spice Girls, because, you know, you just appeared on my radar along with lots of other people's with Wannabe. But I didn't realise that, first of all, there's a sixth Spice Girl called Michelle. Uh-huh. And second of all, thank goodness you got a call back because you got, um, you got laryngitis, tonsillitis, yeah. didn't you? And so yeah. you, were, you, you were out. You were in, then you were out. Do you know what? There's actually a seventh Spice Girl. There were two girls who were in the original lineup, and, you know, through various things they didn't work out and then yeah so the five you come to know it was yeah a few twists and turns and I did nearly not make it I was really poorly on the recall what happened to Michelle I that's a really good question I think she does and has done some music but she was also contemplating university at the time you know if she can still hold a tune and you do another stadium tour because it's 30 <laughs> years soon isn't it so you come up to 30 years imagine yeah. if you brought the sixth Spice Girl on can you imagine that would be so cool you'd have to have That'd the fifth back as well <laughs> by the way let's just talk about her for a second didn't she she's been karaoke recently hasn't she Miss Victoria yeah she's warming up the vocal cords What's isn't that? What, she what, 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 what do you want to tell us intrigue come on um, um, well, you know, like I always say in interviews, we are chipping away. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's nothing that we would love more than to be back on stage as a fan. It's piece. such an open invite to her, isn't it? Yeah. It's a permanent open invite. It's always. like it's like um it's like Liam to Noel. Anytime you're ready, bro. <laughs> yeah. There are so many stories in this book, Mel. I mean, my I've got a terrible memory. I can barely remember what I had for dinner last week. How did you remember all of this? And and through your research, did events and stories come back to you that you'd totally forgotten about? Absolutely. The girls were really useful, actually, because when we get together we reminisce and we all remember different things. And I, I've never kept like a a diary with my thoughts and feelings in but I've always kept like a schedule diary which really sparked a lot and then there's just so much online as well I'd sometimes watch an old interview or performance and it would just spark up all these memories it's must, funny sorry go on I was going to say it must have been like part of your therapy to write the book yeah I mean it was it was really hard it was a lot harder than I thought it would be and really time consuming and I I, I liken it to making a record because it got to a point where it was like it's never going to be finished you know I have to get it to a point where I'm happy and comfortable for it to go out into the world yeah, but yeah. if you don't take it off me it's never going to get done. I said that Picasso said that he never finished a painting. You know, he just stopped. Well, thank you for comparing my work to Picasso. <laughs> okay. I'm really trying to make up for um, Water Under the Bridge you're here. You're good. You're yeah, good. Thanks very much. Not good enough. Not, but never professionally the enemy of good enough. Um, it's funny, isn't it? Fate, you know, t- t- right up to the stadium tour 2019. 
you know, had that been booked for 2020, it wouldn't have happened. Oh, my goodness. We can't believe I the know. timing you of that. You just about got in there, didn't you? And 2019, for me, uh, you know, personally in, in my work, was the best year. I mean, the stadium shows were just undescribable in how incredible they were and then I went on to do a world tour of prides with Sink the Pink uh, my my gorgeous drag collective so yeah I, I got I fit a lot in it was good but uh, you know had it been one year later because because it wasn't so much closure for you and the other girls the stadium tour was it it was it felt a bit like you know the the closing of one chapter and on to the next and you had that lovely moment and opportunity in life that many of us have been lucky enough to to be gifted where you can fall back in love with what you did but actually more than the first time around because the first time around it sort of owned you you didn't own it and there's no other way that can be that first flush of fame and success is there Absolutely. I mean, that is such a good way to put it. It gave us the opportunity to really appreciate and celebrate what we'd done in the yeah, 90s. Like, wow, it's great and it's yeah. still great and everything's yeah. amazing. And, and people still love the Spice Girls. More it's than ever. An amazing and fan then, base And also, the, you know, the, the it's like Take That. Other bands, Oasis had it, didn't they? Liam just had it at Nebworth. You know, people attending his concert who weren't born the first time oh, around, you yeah. know, whose parents had not even met yeah. the first time around. You've yeah. got it all going on again. So, you know, I did the math, you know, and I'm looking at 2026 for the 30th anniversary tour. Okay, cool. That's, that, that's, that must be being talked about already, surely. We are constantly talking about getting back out there because obviously 2019 was cut short. Yeah. Um, there are so many territories we've never got to, Australia, Southeast Asia, South America. But of course we always have to play home crowds yeah. um so yeah we we are we're trying to get it together it's there is so much to celebrate this year is 25 years of spice world the movie and the album right. so there'll be certain things happening around that but um yeah beyond that we've just got to get those dates sorted okay i mean you know everybody's talking about glastonbury yeah. um you know um i know you quite quite well i'm trying to read your body language now so say that um yeah. what what do you have in response to the Glastonbury chat? Again, it's so funny. I think there was something even last week in the papers. We've never been asked. Right. We've never been approached. Um, obviously, personally, speaking for myself, a dream. Have you I played was, Glastonbury yourself? I was lucky enough to be there this year. I DJed this year right. and I got on stage with the Blossoms. I had an incredible time and I would absolutely love... I mean, ugh, that would be the ultimate well, to do that's that Well, that's a, the perfect response. We haven't been asked, but it would be a yes. Because oh. there's, there's nothing hidden there at all, is there? No, absolutely not. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'd go I'd go to Glasgow to... I wouldn't clean the loos, but I'd maybe clean the bins. You'd definitely milk the cows, <laughs> wouldn't you? You'd go to milk the cows. I'd go to milk the cows. And, <laughs> and things like that. I know you DJ. Uh, would you like to... Would you Would you honour us with a DJ set at Carfest next year? Because you've never <gasps> DJed... You've yes! appeared at Carfest loads. I'd Why love don't you to come do and that. DJ on the main stage? Let's do it. Is that a deal? Yes, Done? that's a deal. Done deal. Next year, August Bank Holiday. Excellent. Honestly? I'm in, yeah. Okay, that's excellent. <laughs> and um, what else do I want to show before you go? Oh, there's so much I could ask you. Um, I want to know about that night at Wembley Stadium. Where... <laughs> no, now I can read your body language. I'm just uh, racking my brains and thinking, oh, no, there was one where's night, he going? Wait, no, there was one night. So you played, I can't remember, it was the first, I think it must have been the last... It what, was the last night at Wembley, what, when last, Adele was there? No, when you just didn't leave, you didn't go home. Oh, yes. Where was the party? Don't tell, I don't want to know what happened at the party, what went on at the party stage of the party, but where, where did you have a party till the next day at Wembley Stadium? Okay, so this is really funny. So the last night was wall-to-wall, friends, family, other artists. It was a night Adele was in. Jess Glynn was there. Jess Glynn was there. She was our wonderful support act. And we went back into the bar. We had like a friends and family bar. Yeah. And Adele had assembled all of her friends and all of our family. And they all started singing. Sp 
advice would be life to us as we walked in, which was surreal. And yeah, it was just, it was buzzing. You know, everyone was so excited. And at one point I popped back to my dressing room backstage and on my floor, sitting on my floor, drinking my rider, eating my crisps is Adele and Jess and Mel B. And I'm like, what are you all doing in here? Um, And yeah, we just ended up staying. I think there was only myself, Emma and Mel B at 6am. But I think maybe around two security came in. Yeah. and said, girls, this isn't your stadium anymore. Fleetwood Mac are loading in. I remember, because they played the next night. <laughs> they did. How the heck do you strike a, a Spice Girls stadium set and put up Fleetwood Mac's less than, in less than 24 hours? Yeah. Because they played on Sunday night. Yeah, they? and we were still backstage were you tem- causing were you havoc. To, were you tempted to stay and just watch Fleetwood Mac? Oh, that would have been the best. Mac, yeah. That would have been the story. <laughs> uh, will there be another book? Do you know what? Potentially, I mean, I, I'm still kind of reeling from this one, um, but it's yeah, you know, the story isn't over. No, you're going to get so well. You're already getting so much love for this book because of the places you go in it. Yeah. I think it's fantastic, man. Oh, thanks, I really do. Chris, it's thank awesome. You. Melanie, see who I am after years of wondering who am I? My story. It's out now, and it is absolutely brilliant, especially for young girls. May I say that? I think yeah, it's really important, I think don't so. you? Yeah. There we are, wasn't she great? That was actual Spice Girl herself, Melanie C. If you like that, don't forget to rate and review this episode. Please do, it really helps. And why not dive into the How to Wow archives for more wisdom from the likes of British Vogue's Edward Ennerful, Hollywood actor Miles Teller, and Sir Stephen Fry, to name but three. Ta-da. Sorry. Ta-da!